Hello, and welcome to Someday We'll All Be Dead, a social work podcast where we talk about all the things with a social work perspective. I'm your host, Hallie Harris, and today I have with me my dad, Mike. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about context. We're going to follow up with the previous podcast about uh, the Native American and the teen that had a run-in about a week ago. This is, today's the 26th of January, 2019. And we're just going to review kind of the history of how we've been inundated with different kinds of culture and technology and how we get our news and how do we make those decisions. So how does that sound? Sounds great. (laughs) Okay. So last week, the podcast was all about, well, it was a little bit about the Gillette commercial too, but... Um, the main theme was Nathan Phillips. He's the Native American that was uh, drumming. And the short snippet video that started the whole thing uh, was a teenager from a Catholic school, a white kid that had a Make America Great hat on. And he was standing in front of him, appearing to be blocking his way and kind of had a smirk on his face. I'm not going to say his name. It's all over the news if you really want to look it up, but he is still a minor and I'm not trying to contribute to that situation. So the initial video that came out, all 24-hour news cycles, was just this one 30-second snippet of this kid and this guy just kind of having a a face-off. And of course, there was outrage from all sides, really. Um, And that was the only report, which... You know, well, we'll get into that a little bit later. That was all we were allowed to see. Yeah. Um, So the very next day, of course, and this is, I did the uh, last podcast on the, at the end of that day, thinking if something more would have come out, it would, you know, that started in the morning. So I would have thought something else would have come out by the end of the day, which it did not. The next day, there, of course, was additional footage, not only the rest of the hour and 45 minutes of that video but different videos from different angles different times of the day Um, and interestingly enough that snippet came from the very long video that was actually put out by the four black men that I can't remember how they identified themselves but I don't remember they were the ones kind of instigating everyone all around them um, horrible horrible saying horrible things to everyone it was interesting if you watch the full video to see the context of their interactions and the interactions of everyone else. Um, of course, everyone has the right to free speech and has the right to protest. And really, that was the point of the day is that the Native Americans were there doing a march to remember uh, the genocide and specifically genocide of their children. The kids from the Catholic school were there to march uh, against abortion. And the uh, black guys were there to preach and try to spread their message of religion, whatever that was. Um, It sounded pretty hateful and insightful to me, but certainly it's their right to protest. And thankfully, in all of these interactions, there was no violence. Nobody at any point was physical with anyone else, which... You know, in this day and age, really seems like... It's an anomaly. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody brought any guns. Nobody tried to stab anybody. 
Not even any punches thrown. They were actually smiling at each other, sort of. Yeah. So, honestly, with as much heat and temper as there was going on, I'm pretty surprised that nothing else happened. So, once that additional uh, footage came out, it really gave a new context to the 30-second clip that we had seen originally. For some people, the outrage, outrage went the other way. It was, hey, you're, you're attacking this kid. You didn't know what was going on. And then some people, it just solidified their feelings because there, were, there was additional footage of the kids interacting and saying other things that made them upset. And it just felt like, you know, yeah, that clip didn't specifically show anything, but they were still doing things that weren't great. So b both sides continued to have outrage. It was just a different, for a different reason. And that really, that's really kind of the point of today's podcast. Um, I'm still standing by the message that we put out in the first podcast, which is really just to take a breath, realize that we very often don't have everything in focus, don't have all the facts, don't know the backgrounds or other things going on in people's lives. And <clears throat> it's important just to take a breath and pause and give yourself a second to try to take in and see things from another perspective and realize you're not probably getting the full story anyway. <laughs> yes and um you know don't be a dick <laughs> it's generally a good rule so this is not uncommon this outrage this only showing us 30 seconds it's every single day it feels like on twitter on facebook on the actual various news sources every single news source regardless of what slant they have, um, is only showing you what they want you to see and what, or what they're paid to show you. And the old saying of, if it bleeds, it leads, continues to be true. It's all the, about ratings. Yeah, the more sensational a story is, the more they're going to show it. And if it's getting a reaction, well, by God, they're going to show it even more. And this is just the latest example of that. Man, I miss Walter Cronkite. <laughs> well, we'll get to Walter Cronkite, so don't forget about him. Uh, so, for example, on the 23rd of January this year, there was a shooting in a bank in Florida. And there literally was not a single thing that I saw all day on that. That was only a couple days after this incident with the native and the MAGA teen guy. Um, but all we saw in the news was about the State of the Union and where or when that was going to happen. Is that more important than the five people that lost their lives? I don't think so, especially the way that it happened. I mean, five shootings of someone, uh, regardless of the setting, shouldn't be something that we're so used to that it doesn't even get a blip on the news. Exactly. That's what I was going to say, that we hear about shootings, it seems like, so much more often lately mm -hmm. that... It becomes commonplace and yeah. things like the state of the union what that's only once a year or whatever and it's just a talk <laughs> and it's just somebody talking mm -hmm. but it's really sad that we don't put more weight on the, the shootings and the things like that are, that are happening mm-hmm exactly so this this social media outrage is just it's like a flash fire right it's it's immediate often self-righteous and it usually burns itself out, like we're talking about. It's It comes and goes so quickly that you almost forget. There's so many other things every hour or every day that, that something else is sensational that you forget what you were mad about the day before. Yeah, there's no continuation with any of the stories. It's just the big 
yeah. bomb burst of the story <laughs> and then it goes away. Yeah, I mean, it may last a day or two, but in general, there are a few things that have lasted. But in general, if it's a single story, uh, then it blows up and people freak out and it's like they're going to die. And then the next day, it's something completely different. And it's we can't sustain like that. We just can't. We're inundated with it every single day. It's overwhelming. It's in the 24-hour news cycle. And either, you know, the top people, whether it's politics or celebrities or just people in general, now that we have social media and everybody has a voice, they're all putting their opinions out there. And we are flooded with it every single day. And it's just constant upheaval. A new outrage, a new controversy every day. And there are some people like mom, that in general choose to not engage or not watch or try not to, um, just for pure self-preservation. I mean, we've, we've often come back when we have this topic in the family of 9-11 and how that story yes. obviously wasn't a one-day thing. Um, but after all day or a couple days of seeing those planes fly into the turn building. You off. You have to. You have to because you're... Your emotions are just completely flooded. Your brain is not wired to be that active and on edge all the time. That's, Super on edge, yeah. Th that's what causes neuroses. That's what causes mental health you know, problems and PTSD symptoms and all of those things. It's just not sustainable to be hyped up like that all the time. Your endorphins and your adrenaline going all the time, feeling like you're in flight or flight mode constantly is exhausting. Yeah, how many people do you think that permanently affected as a far lot. as PTSD and that kind of thing that couldn't back away from it? Mm -hmm. And that's not even counting the people that were actually there and experienced it. This is just the news coverage of it, just yes. day and night constantly. So that's a great point. So the question really becomes then, when you do decide that you want to stay engaged or stay informed, how do you make the decision about, first of all, how much you're going to do? And who are you going to trust for that source of information? There was a great Hidden Brain episode, that's another podcast, called The Vegetable Lamb. It was uh, released on January 21st, 2019. And it really does a good job about talking about how we decide what source that we trust, who we trust, and how we make the decision to trust. It kind of gets into the history of you know, when you're a kid, you're trusting your parents to tell you things. You're trusting your teachers to tell you things. And it makes sense, right? If someone asked you, why do you believe that the earth is round? You wouldn't necessarily be able to pinpoint a specific thing that makes you believe that or believe in gravity or believe that you need to drink water to survive. I mean, these are all just things that have been in your culture and your, you know, sphere of information for so long that you can't specifically name where you learned it. And that is all going back to the people that you've trusted throughout your life to tell you information, right? Because we can't know everything on our own. We have to go by some kind of so social agreement of who we're going to trust, who are trustworthy news sources. But now with the news the way it is, it's either... Everything is put out with a certain slant or perspective or big corporations own these new news companies. And so even if it's 
not a far right or far left leaning news organization. They're owned by some conglomerate that is inputting how you get your news. So how do we make the decision? You know, who do we trust? Plus the fact that you've got that news in your hand all day long. All day long. And you're hearing it. And, you know, it makes it easier. I think that's one of the reasons that um, that 30-second clip blew up so much is because you were seeing that same clip and the same outrage, which is rare. Usually you're seeing different things from different people. That particular clip, you were seeing the same outrage from most of the news sources. And so it made it feel like it was more real. And then you see this other context, and it's like, oh, you know, you can still be mad at him for whatever reason, but it's important to make that decision based on the rest of the context that that 30-second clip was in, not just that 30-second clip that can make you think all kinds of things. I think a really great example of context is when you're texting, because there's no inflection in your voice. All you have is caps. All you have is caps if you're yelling. (laughs) Um, we still, I can't believe in 2019, we don't have a font for sarcasm. Absolutely. That would be awesome. Although there's not really font in texting anyway, which is a whole nother thing. But that's why emojis were created, right? To kind of give some kind of context of what you're trying to say. I remember an old coworker that used to reply with, oh, okay. O-H comma okay. And... When I would read it, it sounded very different than what that person meant, which they simply meant, oh, okay. But that's not how it read. How it reads is, oh, okay. And that's a very different thing. Sure, whatever you say. Right. So even the tone of your voice can change. So imagine all this stuff we're getting is only a tiny snippet of the whole context of everything. It's really hard to make a decision, especially an informed decision, if you don't have the rest of the context. So today I really have you here, I think mostly because I wanted to talk to you about growing up in an era where everyone watched the news at the same time from a limited source where it, it seemed as though journalism was about facts and not talking points. It was, here's the news, and you may have, like you were saying yesterday, an editorial piece at the end where an opinion might be given. It seemed more ethical back then. <clears throat> supposed to give you the news in a neutral fashion and then there like you said there was an editorial at the end that you could Mm -hmm. believe or not believe and knowing kind of knowing that that was someone's opinion Mm -hmm. the rest of it was supposed to be fact right and like we also talked about yesterday it's it's about not getting the news 24 hours a day not being inundated with it constantly and not just news but people's opinions of that news and you got it more in a family situation because everybody sat down in front of the TV at six o'clock or whatever it was Mm -hmm. and watched Walter Cronkite or whoever their favorite news person was. Mm -hmm. And you did it more as a family unit and there was probably a little more conversation. Yeah. You're not just sitting there in your car on the phone or (laughs) wherever and getting it all by yourself and foaming at the mouth about something. Yes. So. Yes. And, you know, I think technology has its pros and cons. I mean, being able to get different sources or more information that we couldn't get before can be helpful because then we can solve problems or fix things that we weren't aware of before. There's only so much time of the day to do a news story and there's lots of other things going on in the world. So in that way, it could be helpful. But 
then that comes with so many other problems like opinions being thrown in like they're fact or having it, like we've said, be constantly thrown in your face all the time. Yes. And for myself, and there's probably other people, but it actually, having that available to you on your phone and, and going through it so fast, sometimes you actually feel the opposite to me. You feel helpless like you don't matter because nothing you say is going to matter mm-hmm. because there's so many people out there spouting different things. So it kind of goes the other way as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that specifically talks about when you hear world events. You know, there's a, an earthquake in Chile. And you're helpless. Yeah, or, or a tsunami in Indonesia and hundreds or thousands or hundreds of thousands of people die. And you can't do anything. What can you do at all? You just feel completely just overwhelmed. sit there and watch, and that's horrible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just like 9-11. Yes. And so it gets back to that, how do we cope? How do we manage our own selves and our own mental health well-being while still being able to be engaged and be... You know, the founding fathers wanted the citizens to be engaged and be a part of the process, but that's really difficult in this day and age with the way that we receive our information. And I, I think it's generational a little bit on how you handle it. Mm-hmm. Just because like mom, she just shuts it out. Yeah. I do some of it, but I can't dodge all of it. <laughs> so sometimes it gets under your skin, you know. Yeah. I think by generational, I think you mean a couple of things. I think... Just the way you process information is different. Mm-hmm. Your cultural perspective on the things that you see is different. Absolutely. And because you were able to form barriers and self-awareness and some coping skills when you were younger, in your formative years, when you didn't get all this information, then when you're an adult and you get inundated with it, it's very different than kids today and young people today that are getting that and have gotten it all their life and they don't know a world that's different than that. So... Yeah, and the kids today, the stuff they're getting at such young ages, mm -hmm. they're not able to process that Mm -hmm. in their innocent young brain. I don't know the right words for it, but they shouldn't... There should be a filter, you know, just Mm -hmm. like the movies, PG-13 or whatever, you know, (laughs) because... Honestly, think that's what has caused a lot of the horrible things like school shootings and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. because they get information they just can't process. Yeah, and there's no way to get away from it. Exactly. When you were growing up, and even when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s, early 90s, when I left school, I left school. I was home. I was safe. I didn't have to hear about it. There was no social media onslaught. I mean, this is kind of a separate jag from what we were originally talking about but it kind of speaks to the technology and constant inundation of information is kids now and even parents of kids now because they grew up with that um just 10 years later than me like a half a generation than me um grew up with information all the time and it's almost impossible to filter out because even if you yourself or you, your parent and your child are able to filter out when you're around, they're going to go to school. They're going to be around everyone else that has a phone or has a computer or has social media. And at that point, then where's the balance of feeling left out, not feeling like you're a part of the conversation when you're so young and you want to be involved and you feel like 
you know, you're being made fun of or something because you don't have the connections that other people have. And your parents' reaction affects you because they're your role models, heroes, slash whatever. It affects you if you see them reacting. Exactly. And that comes back to the who do we trust to make decisions. Exactly. It's, you know, you're not only teaching your kids values and ethics and things like that, but you're teaching them how to respond to things. You're teaching them coping skills. And, yeah, absolutely, it's important to know your support system and how they react, and that definitely affects how you react. So that's a great point. So just to kind of tie things up, I think um, remembering context really is everything. If you don't understand or know the full context, it's almost impossible to make any kind of informed decision. Of course, you're not always going to know everything, and you have to vet the sources that you have and make the best decision with the information that you have. But I still stick with my original podcast, which is take a breath and, you know, does this matter to me directly? Is it, impor- is it important enough for you to get worked up about? And if it is, maybe don't get worked up about that particular instance. Maybe get worked up about that thing as a whole. So, for example, if you're on the side of this 30-second clip that we started off talking about, and you're upset that the uh, young man with the MAGA hat was being targeted, if you're on that side, then maybe don't be upset about this particular video, but maybe be upset about uh, outrage in general on social media and how that affects people. If you're on the other side um, and you're, you're thinking this person was being continuing to be disrespectful, uh, don't target the kid. Again, he's a minor. There are so many other factors that go into that situation. Regardless if that kid was, if you feel like he was being disrespectful, don't be upset about this particular video. Be upset about classism or racism or whatever, you know. Be upset about free speech, you know. Be upset about the bigger things that you can contribute and, you know, write to your legislation to make sure that those values are protected. Don't use all your energy up on this one thing. Try to look at context and how it fits into society. What are your thoughts on that? Um, just in general, and if it is making you crazy, for lack of a better word, back away. Yeah. Shut it down for a while. Collect mm-hmm. yourself. Think about it maybe in another, you know, wait till tomorrow. Wait till the 24 hours goes around <laughs> and something else comes up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, those are all, and I think that's really what I want to end on, is how do we move forward? How do we figure out coping skills that are going to be able to help us be mentally well while dealing with this? Because clearly, unless there's a giant EMP and we start stop having technology altogether, <laughs> um, then this isn't going away. This is going to continue to be in our lives every day, and how do we protect ourselves and maintain our sanity? Yes, you have to... Come up with a process that keeps you sane because it's not going to change. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be something brand new tomorrow, maybe worse, maybe different, but you still have to process it and get through it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think you've brought up some, some great coping skills that back away, taking a breath, wait for 24 hours before you finally, you know, you're going to have a reaction. Everybody has a reaction to whatever they see. Driving down the road and someone cuts you off, you're going to have a reaction. But are you going to be pissed about it all day and put stuff on social media about it? 
Hopefully not. Please don't. If you are, maybe think about anger management class because you might have more issues that need professional assistance to get you through that and get you some coping skills. But absolutely turning it off for a while, relying on other forms of communication like, I don't know, talking to people, (laughs) not being by yourself, staring at a screen and being upset, but talking through some issues, hearing different perspectives, Go read a book, watch a movie, go for a hike, do something that that supports your well-being and doesn't have to do with the news. Turn your phone off. Turn your phone off. You know, I can't say enough about being able to do that. And I, I don't often turn it off, but I very often put it away from me and don't look at it. Absolutely. And, you know, it's really helped me be able to have a balance of being involved and yet not being, not having it be crazy making to me. So what, what's your final word on this? Do you think, what's final thoughts? Uh, just learn to manage your sanity mm-hmm. however you have to. Well, not however you have to, <laughs> in a sane way. In a healthy, healthy and yes. a legal, a legal way, let me clarify. Um, Yeah, I mean, if you're a Washington State resident, I guess you can go smoke some pot, but don't drive. Um, You know, there's plenty of ways that people use self-care habits to help themselves. Go take a cooking class. You know, think outside the box. What's something you can do to interact with the outside world that doesn't have to do with drama? Go get a bag of chocolate chip cookies and a big thing of milk and watch 60s cartoons. (laughs) That's perfect. I prefer Looney Tunes, but... Absolutely. Looney Tunes are great. (laughs) I think that's a a great way to end this. So, you know, take care of yourselves and your friends and your family out there. Honestly, we don't know, but it's likely we only have one life. And why spend it being so stressed out all the time? Try to make each moment count, like Rose says from Titanic. Someday, we'll all be dead. If you have any questions or comments on this episode, please feel free to email us at contact at willallbedeadpodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook at slash someday will all be dead and on Twitter at someday dead, uh, someday dead PC. And please don't mind the rooster in the background. He seems to come in at the most inopportune time. <laughs>